Hi, this is Varun Haran. I'm associate editor with Information Security Media Group in Asia. I have the pleasure of speaking with Guru Bhatt, who is the GM Technology and Head of Engineering at PayPal. He's going to be sharing some information on how companies like PayPal can enable the creation of a cyber secure space by sharing information on how they manage fraud. PayPal, for instance, has one of the most sophisticated fraud prevention engines in the world which gets smarter with each transaction that goes through the system. And in fact, PayPal is battling fraud, maintaining a very low loss rate of less than a third of a percent. So Guru is going to tell us a little bit more about this, and he's going to share the relevant learnings from PayPal's experience for practitioners. Hi, Guru. Thanks for joining us today. Hi, Varun. Thank you very much for having me. So Guru, like I mentioned in the introduction, you have a very sophisticated fraud prevention engine with a very low rate of loss, 0.32% to be exact. So what are your learnings from fraud prevention from across the globe and what are some of the lessons from there that you can share? So to set you up with a little bit of context, if you look at PayPal, we are active in more than 200 markets around the world. And the most recent numbers that we have in terms of active customer accounts, we have 203 million active customer accounts and several million uh, merchants around the world who use our platform to have access to these customers. So thanks to this extensive global presence, what we end up seeing is we have a terrific payment volume. Uh, in you know, just Q1 alone, we had 1.7 billion payment transaction and if you look at just in terms of dollars it is about $12,500 payment processed every single second on our platform. So this ends up giving us access to volumes of data because with each payment with every transaction with every interaction between a customer and a merchant in different areas of the world we are constantly learning and also in some senses retroactively figuring out where our engines have actually prevented fraud where they might have mitigated the risk or in some cases where very, very rarely, as you mentioned already, 0.32%, which is a very low loss rate, where we have actually not been able to detect, right? So with each such interaction, we end up learning something new, which then gets fed into our risk models and iteratively it starts getting better and better. I think what ends up being to our advantage is the sheer volume and scale at which we operate, because of which it's no longer just a stream of information that is being fed into our risk models and machine learning, deep learning systems. It's a flood of information that is being fed in. On a daily basis, we have access to tremendously large amounts of data, which all of which feed into making our systems better and better as uh, time goes on. And to be frank, there are certain patterns that are not unique to any part of the world, so to speak. The ways in which these nefarious operators operate, there are patterns that are applicable to all areas of the world, which is why when we have perfected our risk models with our learnings in one part of the world, we find that it is immediately applicable in other parts of the world as well because innovations that we can bring to bear have widespread applicability across our market. And one of the other things that we also have is we have an in-house team of over 2,000 risk analysts who are constantly looking at all the transactions flowing through the system. And at this time, what is most certainly necessary, a very human element on top of the insights and analytics that we can glean through our computational means. Because in a sense, at least the way technology has evolved until now, and I'm not speaking 
for how it might in the future but until now this additional level of human insight actually is extremely valuable because there will always be corner cases there will always be certain situations where that added human insight actually goes a long way in exponentially improving the quality of your insights that you might have gleaned from the data so that is something that we have learned through our journey and that i think is a key enabler for us to make our uh, system rapidly improve as time goes on you spoke about trends that you see from across the globe and how some of them are universal and not necessarily regional so can you share some of these fraud trends with us in terms of what it is you're seeing happening around the globe so for example when we analyze our data there are several different dimensions across which we are analyzing risk and fraud so there are thousands of dimensions so just to give you some examples right let's say you find a single ip address that is mapped to several accounts and there are transfers going on from one account to the other in a very rapid way or there are transfers from numerous accounts hitting one account consistently and then the account gets shut down and something else gets opened various ways in which people are trying to launder money through the system so to speak these patterns have been seen time and time again where through our interactions with customers and merchants on both sides i mean to be sure fraud can happen not just from customers but also fraudulent merchants trying to defraud customers so this can happen both ways right so we see various patterns like this where people are rapidly trying to change the account in which the money resides or people listing their account in a certain country but actually most of the transactions are happening in a different place various patterns that we are able to look at and say hey wait a minute this look a little fishy and initially while we were at the very early stage of our evolution as a digital payment company while these might have been manually found by associates who are monitoring these transactions now thousands of dimensions that i mentioned across these they've been completely automated so almost no human intervention is required for some of these basic cases where we are able to catch people doing the wrong thing right away by just looking at certain simple measures that we have learned over time so a couple of interesting things here for me you mentioned in your previous response that human intervention and human interaction with the system is important and you have almost 2000 people who are risk professionals looking at all these transactions that go on all these anomalies and things like that but at the same time you have a significant amount of automation as well so how do you find that balance between what needs to be automated and what needs executive decision making by human operators mm-hmm. I think as with anything I think this is something that is going to continue to evolve as machine learning artificial intelligence deep learning algorithms continue to evolve one can expect that human intervention tends to become less relevant as uh, opposed to how it used to be earlier and right. and this is something that is exponentially accelerating right now right and you see this not just in payments but in pretty much all realms of technology where ml and deep learning are the topics to sure so to speak in our case if you look at suspicious behavior as i mentioned thousands of characteristics that we have already analyzed and identified as being extremely relevant you no know, dollar amount location device type mobile non mobile offline online etc there are multiple things and these characteristics we can correlate events across those characteristics in seconds which is what makes us unique because even now the state of the art in the rest of the industry for this kind of correlation is is a few hours whereas we are able to do this in a few seconds having said that given our very low loss rate it still means that in spite of 
follow this some of these we post factor we will find certain cases where our algorithms have not yet reached the level where we are able to catch every corner case for example right, right? and that's what makes this interesting where we are constantly learning so those kinds of analyses if you will that will require a certain level of deep diving to figure out what went right and what went wrong and these are the cases where the human interactions actually lend that much needed insight that will actually improve our algorithm tenfold or hundredfold compared to having all of this be purely an automated learning process and you know who's to say that that's not going to change in the future it will change but as of now these are the scenarios where we find that human interaction lends the greatest advantage so let me ask you you know this entire process that you said that you've learned over the years you know how to ingest all of this information and create the correct kind of a risk framework to deal with it so how do you go about creating that framework what are some of the steps that worked for you what is the roadmap that you followed that you can maybe share with us at the end of the day it is realizing that and not at the end of the day very beginning i think is realizing how important trust is to us as a company our entire business model is based on a huge amount of trust because people are entrusting their financial information with us and in order for us to actually satisfy their needs it means that we should build our platform in a way that enables tremendous levels of trust across our customers as well as our merchants and it is something that is not a one time activity we have to diligently work to create it and maintain it across as we build our business out having said that we then have to figure out what elements play into this level of trust what kinds of things would cause a loss of trust and what kinds of things would engender trust and that is what we baked into our core engineering platforms to make sure that the characteristics and qualities that would enable trust and that would hinder trust are accounted for in the way we build our product so the ability to to prevent loss the ability to assess risk and manage it is a fundamental aspect of pretty much everything we do at PayPal every planning exercise to enable new features to enable new products all of those are constantly there is an underlying question what does it mean from a risk perspective what does it mean from a security perspective so those are fundamental questions that are asked of any new initiative at PayPal and that is in a sense a pillar for us and that's that's one of the thing right secondly we have invested in building building up tremendous capability in uh, all the engineering disciplines that are relevant to this one is the ability to harness huge amounts of data the ability to build new algorithms that are domain specific as well as take state of the art from open source communities uh, use technology advances in cloud computing etc and also to a certain sense uh, be mindful of locations around the world where expertise in terms of this kind of talent is available uh, um you know so thanks to making these kinds of investment i think the secret sauce is it's not even a secret of any company that's great is talent so you need to have the right talent in all the right places uh, so that then you can get about the business of building the right things for the market and we have invested heavily to make sure that we remain an extremely attractive place for amazing security professionals to come and work because the scale of the problems that we tackle are the exactly the kinds that any great risk and security engineer would would love to get their hands on and secondly we are in the right places where we would have access to these kinds of people in terms of bringing them aboard as talent
Right, Guru. It occurs to me that PayPal is a technology-enabled company. I mean, it's a completely uh, technology-enabled platform, right? Where your fraud and your cyber security functions probably work very closely together because otherwise, if you're seeing financial institutions, for example, in India, cyber risk is something that is separately managed and fraud prevention is something that is a completely different function. So what kind of a, you know advantage does that give you or is there any kind of a unique dynamic to how this works at your company? I think as you rightly mentioned, right, we are a tech first company where we think of ourselves very heavily as a technology company uh, and our uh, actions in this speak louder than just mere words because we are at the forefront of a variety of different advances that the industry has gone through, including how extensive our embrace of open source technology is, as well as how early we adopted the cloud. And as you rightly mentioned, the ability for us being able to manage our risk as well as face very little in terms of fraud. While the attempts at fraud, we may not be immune to them. We are going to be in line with the rest of the industry in terms of how often we face attempts at fraud. I think where we are able to distinguish ourselves in some measure due to the way we are structured is in our ability to actually deflect that fraud and you know attempt and not be vulnerable to it. So as you rightly mentioned, the way we are set up is that the groups that are responsible for risk and fraud are tightly joined at the hip and their sharing of data, their access to the same data set, their learnings that are you know being cross-pollinated, if you will, from fraud to risk and vice versa, are certainly key to us being able to accelerate any innovation in that space. The final concluding question I would ask you is, you know, in the coming year as the head of engineering and the GM technology at PayPal, you're going to have some perspectives in terms of what the trends are going to be like, what the challenges are going to be like going forward. So purely as a practitioner, can you tell me what gives you most concern when it comes to cybersecurity and fraud as you look at the year ahead? I think not even taking just a PayPal perspective, right? Just an industry perspective. If you just look at the variety of different attacks that the world has been subjected to in the past few months, uh, including the most recent one, which caused a lot of headlines. Uh, one, you know, can be quite sure that there is a vulnerability at some stage, which is very human in nature. Somebody clicking an attachment, somebody downloading a piece of software that they're not quite sure if uh, it's the right thing to do. Somebody being tricked into revealing passwords, somebody being socially engineered in some way. That tends to be the weakest link in the chain even today, which is what a lot of the nefarious types will continue to find a way to exploit. Now, I think what I would say as a practitioner is that the more we can insulate our systems and processes from being vulnerable to these kinds of socially engineered exploits, the more safer we are all going to be. Because until now, this has tended to be an Achilles heel for the entire industry, and which is why we are all constantly learning, trying to constantly evolve greater and better and more secure ways of authenticating and authorizing actions on our systems to make sure that we don't fall prey to these things. That's where I would say that, you know, a bulk of our energies as well is going to be, which is trying to figure out behaviors and trying to figure out how to educate, inform, and continue to build our systems in a way that makes people less likely to fall prey to these kinds of things. Of course, there will come a time when we have learned enough about behavioral patterns, we have learned enough about technologies that even the hackers use that we are able to insulate ourselves completely from this and in, at which point the battlefield will move to a different arena. But until that happens, I think this is an area that we're all going to be completely focused on as we should be. Thanks so much, Guru, for sharing your insight with us today.
Thank you very much, Varun. Truly, it was a lovely experience interacting with you. Pleasure is all mine, Guru. That was Guru Bhatt, GM of Technology and Head of Engineering at PayPal. For ISMG in Asia, this is Varun Haran. Thank you for listening.